Welcome to the Eating Habits for Life podcast. I'm Kate Johnston, and I'm an eating habit and weight loss coach for career women. I'll help you become the person who no longer has bad eating habits and loses the weight she really wants to in a way that lasts. Let's start. Hi there, welcome to the Eating Habits for Life podcast. I hope you're having a lovely week so far. I'm recording this episode on Monday, so the week has barely started. However, I am telling myself that this is going to be a very lovely week because honestly, I feel like every week is a lovely week and I no longer despise or dread Mondays, which is amazing in my opinion. Before I jump into today's topic of a nighttime snacking habit, I do want to just share a little bit with you about how I made Mondays something to look forward to. I have three different things I do, which I know you'll find useful yourself. So the first is that I really love my work and I remind myself often of what it is that I do love about my work. Now, just a side note, If you don't love your work and can't find a single thing about your day that you can enjoy, what does your work provide for you financially to support those you love or things that you personally get enjoyment out of? That's just a different way to look at your work. The second thing I do is I also think thoughts like, I get to do certain work tasks rather than I have to. That shift is huge. When you start out a sentence or a thought with I get to, it feels like an opportunity and that promotes such a positive feeling. When you start a thought or a sentence with I have to, it feels more like an obligation and you can almost imagine yourself just kind of dragging your feet, right? The third thing is I make sure to schedule some really fun or enjoyable things for the week that I get to look forward to. And this is not weekend stuff. This is, these are things during the work week. So this can either be time spent with my husband, Paul, enjoying a summer evening on the back deck with some really great conversation. It can be looking forward to meeting up with my group of friends for our weekly track workout after work every Tuesday. It could also be looking forward to meeting up with some friends to do a hill workout. (laughs) Yes, we like to run up and down hills multiple times because we know it makes our legs stronger for races. As torturous as that sounds, I'm telling you, it goes by really quickly when you're having good conversation while running up and down the hills. So I really like to mix up activity and also some chill time. I do enjoy reading, so I like to have at least one book that I'm currently reading and one book that's on the next to read list available to me in my house. So it's something to look forward to. So those are my tips for making Mondays super enjoyable rather than a day of the week that you dread. All right, now to jump into our topic today of a nighttime snacking habit. So my husband Paul will definitely tease and say that I have a nighttime snacking habit, but I don't really because although it may seem like a habit to him, I intentionally choose to eat nighttime snacks for a few reasons, which I'll explain. 
I don't eat super large meals throughout the day, but instead I tend to eat many smaller meals. And I would classify or call snacks a smaller meal. And my nighttime snack is one of those. If I don't eat something at night, like seven, eight o'clock at night, I will wake up super hungry and not be able to fall back to sleep. I also know my body really well, and I know that if I didn't eat those extra calories at night, I would not be able to maintain a healthy body weight for me. I actually need those calories for the amount of activity that I do. So I want to talk about the components that go into an actual nighttime snacking habit so that you can easily understand your nighttime snacking habit. And just to clarify, a nighttime snacking habit is only something to be quote unquote treated if you don't want to be snacking at night because you're trying to lose weight or because you are trying to be more deliberate about what you're eating for health or for weight management reasons, of course. Okay, so first I want to just define what a habit actually is, what you need for a habit to actually occur. A habit is just a behavior that has become automatic. I mean, that's the most basic definition, right? You're not necessarily thinking intentionally about doing the behavior. It just happens. For a habit to occur, you first need the actual behavior to occur, right? For a behavior to occur, and by behavior, I mean an action, inaction, or reaction. So for a behavior to occur, you need some sort of a cue or prompt or trigger. So those are just three words that all mean the same thing, right? So the behavior itself needs to be doable, meaning if it's impossible to do, you won't go forward with the behavior. That makes sense, right? And then there needs to be some sort of a reward in order to motivate you to do the behavior in the first place. That reward can be experiencing pleasure, even if it's very short term, avoiding pain or discomfort or even danger, or saving energy. So as long as you have some sort of a cue, the behavior is actually doable, but especially if it's easily doable, and some sort of a reward immediately after the behavior that's important to immediately versus something that's like <laughs> three months down the road, right? You've set yourself up to actually go forward with the behavior. This is called the behavior sequence. When the behavior sequence is done multiple times in the same or similar context, which means the same time, place, or situation or circumstance, this is when a habit starts to form. The more this is repeated, the stronger this habit cycle gets, and the more likely the behavior is to become a true habit. Now, regarding a nighttime snacking habit, there's going to be some sort of a cue or prompt or trigger. The snack needs to be readily available and you need to actually be able to physically put the snack in your mouth, chew it and swallow it, right? And then there needs to be some sort of a reward. That can be very short-term pleasure. So when something has a tasty flavor, for example, think of that as being the short-term pleasure. If you're wondering why you have a nighttime snacking habit, it's because something at some point cued or triggered you, the snack itself was readily available and it provided some sort of a reward, an immediate reward. 
So once this actually becomes a habit, meaning the sequence has been been done frequently enough that it's now automatic, you feel like you don't have any control. And this can be very confusing for people too, because it's hard for them to understand like what exactly made it become a habit in the first place, because now at this point, it feels so quick and automatic and out of your control. It all occurs very quickly without you necessarily thinking about your actions. So What are some examples of things that can trigger you or prompt you to go for the nighttime snack? It can be something like a person that you live with is eating a snack at night and you see this person eating the snack and think, hey, that looks like a really good idea. So that may have started the behavior of eating a snack with this person. You sort of get that visual cue. I think this is especially common because we enjoy doing things with each other, with other human beings. We see someone doing something and want to take part in it. Or sometimes that person can offer it to you and you don't want to say no. People pleasers, I'm talking to you specifically. I I do think that we all people please to some extent though. And negative emotions or uncomfortable emotions, those can also trigger you. That's actually a really big one with nighttime snacking. So emotions such as sadness or anxiety also emotions like boredom or even fatigue even just seeing the snack can trigger you like in the example that i gave you with someone else in your house eating a snack right so that's called a visual cue also hunger signals can trigger you For me, I get hunger signals at about 8 o'clock at night, and that's often my cue. However, I want to just talk about the subtle difference here between being intentional and deliberate about snacking at night versus it being more of a habitual thing. So when I get my hunger signals, I make a decision. I decide if the amount of activity I did throughout the day most likely exceeded the amount of calories I ate. Basically, I ask myself, am I truly hungry? Do I really need these calories, right? Or is it something that's more of just a desire? I know my body very well. So almost always it is that I really could use the calories and I'm truly hungry. Therefore, I make the decision to act upon those hunger signals and eat something. And I just want to mention here, you do not have to track calories. I don't count my calories. A lot of times those calorie tracking apps are not even super accurate. That is such a chore for a lot of people. You can just sort of get to learn about what you're eating throughout the day and about how much physical activity and make a rough judgment from there, right? And Now, when I became aware that I was emotionally eating throughout the day and and at night, and I was deliberately trying to change my eating habits and also lose some weight, I made different choices as far as acting upon the hunger, hunger signals. So at the time, I didn't know as much about all of this stuff as I do now. And if I felt hungry at night, At first, I thought it was because I was truly hungry and I really needed the food, right? But in actuality, I learned that it really wasn't. So when I started realizing this, I would choose the snack like grape tomatoes. So something that was filling, but also very low calorie. So I was being very intentional, at least about the snack that I was eating, you know, rather than eating like the big bowl of pretzels. Also, I knew that I wasn't going to be overdoing it on grape tomatoes because as much as I do like grape tomatoes and cherry tomatoes, 
they're not nearly as delicious as the pretzels or the homemade peanut butter cookies, for example. And then eventually, I did learn some actual tactics to break the emotional eating habit, mainly on my own, which led to that true nighttime snacking habit that I had being broken. So for me back then, what cued my nighttime snacking habit was the uncomfortable emotions, mainly anxiety. These are all things that you learn about yourself when we work closely together in one-on-one coaching, but you can still start catching on a little bit just by asking yourself some questions. And as far as other cues like negative or uncomfortable emotions or someone offering you food at night, these are things that can absolutely be addressed. Emotional eating is one of the biggest things that I help career women with. Also, there are ways to get around the whole people-pleasing thing so that this is no longer affecting your eating habits. Okay, so moving on to the behavior itself. So with nighttime snacking, it needs to be easy to be able to actually get the snack and eat it, right? So if you are at home and there are snacks in the kitchen, it's going to be easy to do the behavior, right? It's going to be even easier to do the behavior if the snack is right in front of you. You just need to reach out your arm and grab it and put it in your mouth, chew and swallow. Also, when someone in your household is snacking at night and they offer you the snack, and hold it out to you, it's going to be very easy for you to reach out, grab it, and eat it. Now, certainly, you can take all the snacks out of your home, but is this really realistic? I would say that this is not necessary either, because number one, I can help you with this with coaching, right? But let's just say that you don't work with me, and you feel that you've tried everything else, maybe consider taking the sugary foods or whatever it is that you tend to snack on at night out of your home if you're okay with never having that stuff in your home again. I mean, this is like last resort. A better option is to put it out of sight. It's still there and you know it's still there, but this is going to be much more realistic, right? Especially for the rest of your life. Here's why. There's always going to be foods available to you that might be tempting for you when you think about them, especially. I mean, think about it. You can easily hop in your car or call an Uber and go to the grocery store to get the ice cream that's not in your house, right? You can be at an event and not want to eat certain foods, but they're going to be there and you don't necessarily have control of those foods being there at the event or being at someone's house or being offered to you. So it's much better to be able to think about the ice cream, even have a desire for it, but learn to not act upon that desire so that you actually break the habit. But also over time, the desire intensity lessens as well. It's also better to put the ice cream out of sight if you need to, especially at the beginning, to make it a little bit easier for yourself to not automatically go for the ice cream when it's such a strong habit in the beginning. But this is very different than just trying to completely omit all the snacks um, from your home for the rest of your life. 
you're not going to be hiding the ice cream forever if you do sort of put it in an out of sight location in the back of the freezer. Um, I understand you can't put ice cream in your basement or in your attic, but you can certainly kind of bury it in the back of your freezer if it's something that you don't want to be eating every single night, right, as a nighttime snack. Um, you're going to be learning how to break the habit. So if that's a habit that you want to break, any help that you can get, such as placing that ice cream or whatever it is out of sight temporarily can be helpful. I'm just using ice cream as an example. All right, so we talked about the cue or trigger and the behavior itself having to be easy to do. Now on to the reward. In order for humans to do a behavior, there must be a reason to do the behavior, right? At least initially when it's not just an automatic habit yet. So researchers believe those reasons to be something called the motivational triad, meaning there are three reasons why humans go forward with certain behaviors. Three main reasons. To increase pleasure, avoid pain, discomfort, or danger, and conserve energy. These are all things that were very important for survival, but also researchers feel that they motivate us even today with things that are not necessarily survival-based. So, Even small things like eating a cookie, there's going to be some sort of a pleasurable response to eating a cookie. Now, you don't need a cookie to survive, right? Certainly, you need food to survive. So that's what I mean by not necessarily needing to eat the cookie for survival purposes. But these things still apply even in this day with some of these smaller things, right? And so you'll maybe get a pleasurable response to eating a cookie. And that can even be just the anticipation of the pleasure that eating the cookie will provide. This all has to do with dopamine, the reward hormone. Also, when it comes to emotional eating or eating in response to an uncomfortable emotion, The eating behavior is done to avoid the uncomfortable emotion. So that's the avoidance of the discomfort. That's the reward. Another reward is to conserve energy or save energy. This can show up as getting takeout food instead of cooking dinner. This can save you time and energy, right? It can also show up as increasing energy consumption, meaning increasing calorie consumption, eating something that's high calorie, such as cookies or ice cream instead of broccoli. Now that we have the behavior sequence, the cue or prompt or trigger, the behavior that's easy to do, and the reward, the nighttime snacking habit occurs because of repetition of this behavior sequence, but also repetition in the same time, place, or circumstance. So nighttime snacking means that time is definitely involved, right? But also if you're doing the behavior sequence in the same place, meaning maybe the living room on the couch or in the same circumstance, such as maybe as soon as you turn on Netflix, then it's more likely that this repeated behavior will become an actual habit. The good news is this can all be broken. I can help you with this. It takes addressing these components so that all of these links are broken. 
since you need all of these things to go in a certain sequence and then be repeated in the same context to break a nighttime snacking habit, you need to weaken these links until they're broken. And so we would address the different components so that occurs, so that the nighttime snacking and all the things involved in that are weakened until they're broken. And if you fear that you'll just form the habit again, Don't worry, because since you become very knowledgeable about this and learn the skills to break the eating habit, actually learn the skills to break the eating habit and break the eating habit, and then get to witness yourself actually breaking the eating habit, you will feel confident that this won't be an issue for you again. And even in the worst case scenario, hypothetically, if it did become a habit again, you know exactly how to break it. You're actually more likely to catch on to it before it even became a habit again and stop it in its tracks. You're confident that you have the know-how plus the tools or the skills to either prevent the habit from occurring again or to break the habit or certainly catch it in its tracks. All right, my career women, to get help with breaking your nighttime snacking habit or any other eating habits that are really bothering you, contributing to health issues, or contributing to unwanted weight gain, I can help you. Let's talk about it via a free 60-minute consultation. You can easily book that free consult in the episode description if you're listening from a podcast app like Apple or Spotify, or on the episode page if you're listening right on my website. Take care, and I'll talk with you next week. Become the person who loves her eating habits and her body so you can enjoy more of your life. I'll help. Start now by just setting up a time to talk with me by visiting katemjohnston.com forward slash consult.